0: Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of Synesthesia season two. I am Enrico and next to me is my good friend, our director Raissa Pardini, AKA my wonderful co-host.
1: Ciao Raissa. everyone, how's it going?
0: (laughs) It's great uh, here at the Standard, isn't it? It's
1: cozy, I love it.
0: We are recording from the Library Lounge studio at the Standard Hotel London, as uh, Synesthesia now belongs to their Sometimes Radios family. And let us express our gratitude towards Nick and Louis, who made our dream partnership with the Standard Hotel come true. In this episode we are connected with uh, Los Angeles. That's where our guest moved recently after growing up in Austin, Texas. Raissa proposed to feature them so I let her do a proper introduction.
1: Punigana is a music photographer from Austin, Texas. She's currently based in Los Angeles and in the past 10 years she's been featured in all the most influential music and lifestyle magazines in the world. She spends most of time attending gigs, touring bands, and uh, today she's here to talk about her most recent Idol North American tour and a lot of other little bits.
2: Synesthesia, a show about the creatives who are shaping the aesthetics of music. We chat to the minds behind the record sleeves, videos, photo shoots and styling of the freshest new sounds, exploring how contemporary culture Fashion, illustration, and design reflect and enhance the musical experience. Synesthesia. The artists behind the artists. Hey, Poonie. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I mentioned to y'all earlier, I'm currently uh, on tour right now in Columbus, Ohio, in uh, the catering room. (laughs) And yeah, I'm I'm glad we can make this work. (laughs) I'm out with Courtney Barnett right now. She's an old friend, and we've worked together a lot and toured together once before a couple of years ago. And so, yeah, I'm just out with her for a week, just, you know, capturing all the all the madness Thanks for
1: uh, fitting us in your schedule.
2: We
0: are really happy to have you here,
2: Punis. You are
0: a photographer who has shot literally the whole independent music scene in the past 10 years. (laughs) Before talking about that, though, let's go back to what came earlier. Rais and I want to know how you were as a teenager. What kind of stuff were you into? Music, comics, movies, video games. And also if you belong to any subcultures?
2: Yeah, so I actually, I was born in San Antonio, uh, Texas, which is about an hour outside of Austin. And once I started getting into middle school, I think, you know, growing up in San Antonio, I, I got to a point pretty quickly where I was just like, I'm ready to get out of here. And I really found refuge in music and just dove into that world. And you know, once I was old enough to start going to shows, like I started going to shows here and there in San Antonio and then started driving to Austin and going to shows there. And then let's be a little
0: bit more specific here. Is there a show you remember from your teenage years that literally blew up your mind?
2: A really big turning point for me was my first show in Austin when I saw it was the strokes and the sounds <laughs> opening for them. <laughs> and it was on the Room on Fire tour and I was 14 years old yeah after that I was just like this is the world I want to be in from there I I feel like that was really my escape because I I didn't really relate to many people in my high school and you know it was to a point where I like graduated a year early just because I wanted to get out of there yeah I think that was the big turning point where I was like I don't know if I want to be a musician or a publicist or something but I want to be in the music world somehow from there I remember the first moment where I like really started getting into photography Photography, which was also, thanks to music, it was because I remember seeing the White Stripes, they put out like a limited edition Holga Peppermint camera. I remember seeing them share that, and that's what led me to lamography and discovering that whole world when I was, I mean, not not too long after. I think I was probably 15 or 16 when I discovered the whole lamography world and started really diving into photography from there. I didn't get my hands on the camera. It was already sold out. But because of that, I bought my first Holga started becoming obsessed with like collecting cheap cameras and teaching myself how to use them and starting to take them to shows. And that's kind of how I found, you know, the two loves photography and music kind of come together. And ultimately for me to be like, this is what I want to do. That's how it all kind of started out at the beginning.
1: Yeah, so you moved to Austin, uh, you started being in love with a lot of different cameras, Lomography, Polaroid, way before Instagram made vintage filters very popular. How did you receive Instagram at the time or any social media platform for photography? Were you skeptical or were you into it too?
2: Oh no. I mean, I was totally open to it. You know, at, at the time it was more just a place to, I don't know, like, I think the idea of social media and like the way it is now, it, it wasn't really there at the time, or it was at least just starting out. So for me at first, it was just finding a place to upload my photos and keep them. So I, like, I don't know if anybody remembers photo bucket, but that was like yeah. the first place. <laughs> then from there, it kind of evolved to Flickr, and Flickr is When I really first started finding like, Oh, like, like I started, finding out that you can really, you know, get your work out there, you know, even approaching Flickr initially, it was just more a place for me to like upload all my photos and keep them there. You know, I was even just like editing within the app at the time because I didn't really know much about that. And like, yeah, I mean, it was really thanks to Flickr where my stuff started getting seen. And, you know, I started taking a lot of Polaroids at the time, you know, you know, I would just like wait for bands after shows basically. And when I was younger, I'd always want a photo with them, but then it evolved to a point where I was like, no, I want a photo of just you. And I just started taking Polaroids for fun and uploading them onto Flickr. And then there's a blog out of Dallas called gorilla versus bear who, um, found my stuff. And they were just like, if we PayPal you money for film would you be down to cover some stuff for us in Austin that was pretty much my first photo job it was like thanks to Flickr that I got that because I don't know how else they would have found my work otherwise I was never skeptical of it I was very open to it and I think um that openness really paid off you know
1: (laughs) yeah I mean there's an incredible fact about you um being a self-taught photographer and video maker I want to know who are your master photographers who you look up when you were trying to develop your style and um, are there any people that you've met and helped you grow when you were just approaching the camera
2: when I was really young I remember first discovering like Ryan McGinley's work which of course he's like massive at the time like I remember seeing him once at a festival and he just had like a bunch of Leica R8s with him and like. it was super nice, like super open and then realizing it was him afterwards and just being like, Oh my God, his work's incredible. And he's like doing everything on film. And it's that at the time I remember in high school being like, Whoa, he's like super inspirational. You know, moving to Austin, I think something that's really special about Austin is the photo community there is so welcoming and so open to like share ideas. And I was just like a young kid and still figuring my fit out as far as like, you know, different cameras to use and what certain things do. And there were, there were so many photographers. photographers in town that kind of helped me along the way. And, you know, we all support each other. Like Chad Wadsworth is a good friend in Austin and he was like a a huge photography guru for me (laughs) at the time. There's also a lot of like older influence as well, you know, like Nan Golden, of course, just like looking at her photos and just seeing the level of trust that she has with her subjects was like really inspiring. And there's just something really authentic about all, all her work that I really liked. And then flipping, through old music magazines like old enemies and seeing like Andrew Kendall's work and you know Andy Winton and seeing what they're doing and I I drew inspiration from a lot of places that wasn't necessarily in the music world and a lot of it was just yeah the people I met one-on-one in Austin who would just like gave me a chance and were there for me to answer like all my dumb questions and help me along the way.
0: Amazing. (laughs) It's normal to have dumb questions uh, at the beginning of uh, your career. We do appreciate the fact that you talk about it openly because not everyone feels at ease to reveal certain vulnerabilities. I would like to stress a word you mentioned, which is trust. The trust between the photographer and their subjects. And on the concept of trust, I will take advantage of it to introduce the main topic of our conversation a.k.a. your life as a photographer always in tour with international band. The first thing I would ask you here is, uh, is there a moment which you will define as a crossroad for your career so that gig that uh, changed your life professionally?
2: Well, like my first tour was with my friends, Jeff the Brotherhood, and then like that was awesome. And then from there, I enjoyed that lifestyle and that just being like a fly on the wall. Hello. Puni, you said a very, very
0: important thing. You define yourself as a fly on the wall. Can you elaborate? I
2: enjoy being an observer. That's like, you know, what photographers do. And there's definitely different styles of photography. And I I enjoy, you know, especially working with different artists I I admire so much. I think about, you know, when I was a kid, I had like these photos of the strokes or whoever on my wall. Or I would see these photos of just like Carano in a bathroom, like brushing her teeth or something and I don't know those photos felt really special to me and so I I try to that's kind of how I approach documenting these tours it's like I want I want to capture those moments that I know like you know a super fan of Courtney Barnett would love to see I love shooting live music but I love also capturing like what's really going on behind the scenes as well
1: you're amazing at documenting moments every time that I see a picture on tour and uh, I know exactly that it comes from you when I see it. Uh, Like you say, you know, there's that level of documenting and bringing the band into a very broad context where everyone can see them brushing their teeth or being around, you know, having different moments to share. From this point, I would like to start talking about your latest Idols tour. We want to know everything about what you describe as
2: the tour of your lifetime. The first time I met Idols was the year they did South By. So that must have been 2017 and they played a really small split space. Um, it was like the inside bar of this place called cheer up Charlie's. And that's when we first met, but even long before that, their manager, Mark, I remember hit me up. And I remember this cause I, I, I was looking at our old Facebook messages and I remember he hit me up just being like, like next time you're in the UK, you got to come check out this band. I'm working with idols and I think you'll love them. And so when we got the chance, we finally made it happen and arranged, you know, to do some photos at South by and that's kind of when we first met and then since that point we did a couple of shoots together like we did a DIY cover together you know just saw each other a couple of times after that and we just like got along yeah and then they were doing a tour with Fontaine's DC uh, back in 2019 in the US and they were like yeah like come on tour and so that that was the first time we got to like properly work together for like an extended period of time it happened pretty organically over a couple of years, you know, we just shot together a few times and like the the vibe was good. You know, they trusted me enough to like, let me hop in the Sprinter van. And now we're all like really good friends. And this last tour was just incredible. Well, really, I mean, the the one back in 2019, both for Idols and Fontaines, I feel like witnessing that tour, it it felt like it was a real turning point. It almost felt like you were witnessing both bands, like taking over America in front of your eyes, (laughs) just watching the way the, crowds reacted and this tour the one we just did last year you know it was like their first time back since covid and they were playing like much bigger venues and their album was about to come out and they were just on a on a whole different plane as far as like their fandom is like nothing i've seen before it's just so so intense and so so like positive seeing every single night how they win over every single person in the crowd was incredible. Puni, has anything changed in your approach
0: as a photographer from the 2019 tour to the 2021?
2: I mean, I, I think I'm I'm always trying to evolve with what I'm doing. And I think you, you, you look at things like the way you approach things in the past and you're just like, how can I do better now? And I feel like I'm trying to be a bit bolder with my approach. I know. I, I feel like everyone kind of goes through this thing where, you know, they'll look at their work a year ago or two years ago and they're just like, oh, I don't know if that's good. Or you're, you're constantly trying to find ways to get better. So I feel like I'm always trying to find new things to do. And I feel like now I'm approaching photography in a way where I want to be just like less fearful to try new things and not be not try to like second guess myself but or like if I see a moment to not just be like oh that'd be a good shot but be like that's a shot and I'm gonna get it you know yeah I think just like trusting my gut a little more and just being braver in approaching getting a shot because I feel like sometimes you can like get in your own head about something and get nervous about it and then just be like oh well why didn't I do that? that's great to
1: know because one of the questions that we had today was actually how, you know, you, how much you plan in advance before you're going on tour or how much you allow yourself to experiment uh, and maybe change your perspective while you're on tour?
2: Tour after tour, you kind of see the same things happening. So you, it's the same with festivals or shooting shows. You're just trying to find new ways to shoot it. So like, I mean, for example, on this tour, I'm shooting a lot more on film. You know, I'm, I'm hoping to try to do something a little more special with the film photos than just putting it on the internet you know so I, that's that's something where it's like it also challenges me and gives me something new and fun to work on I have my new Sony I got my A1 which I mainly use for shooting live and if I just need you know something quick Aside of that I've mainly been shooting on medium format so I have also another new camera I bought which is the Pentax 645 and then I have my Mamiya the 7.2 and my 35 millimeter which is like a Contax G1. have my Polaroid. I have an underwater disposable if that ever comes to use. <laughs> I always bring that just yeah. in case. We saw some saw
0: pictures uh, of uh, idols uh, just swimming. chilling <laughs> in the swimming pool so might as well.
2: Yeah that one I shot I think on digital but there's there's so many photos from that tour as well that I'm, I'm trying to do something special with as well. Talking about special things Raissa
0: has a question for you.
1: <laughs> so I saw I've been seeing that you also work as a video maker I was wondering if you got to film idols in the last tour uh, will we see anything coming out?
2: Yeah, well, uh, on the last tour, I was focusing more on the photos, but there are some videos that we did here and there, just like small clips for them to use just to like post like as we go. But the tour from 2019, I was doing a lot more video and we were going to try to do a release for it and do something special with it. And then COVID hit. And so that kind of like derailed everything. But yeah, I do. I do currently have a documentary from that Idols and Fontaine's tour that's sitting there that I'm like re-editing and re-editing. And it's very TBD. We, we got we got to see what, what comes out of it.
0: Puni, that's the documentary you should drop in 15, 20 years when people <laughs> will be nostalgic about this uh, scene.
2: It's one of those things where it's like you make the documentary and you either drop it straight away or you wait. And I feel like waiting is probably the right approach here and especially for me to just sit with it and like get it really tight and who knows if there's things we can add on and yeah that's that's definitely the way i'm thinking about it now too is maybe wait wait a bit
0: (laughs) a lot of people will be listening to this episode to get to know about your practice to get to know more about your work but also to know how it feels like to be on tour with idols i know you are a photographer and you are good at describing these um energy with pictures but can you try to express it through words?
2: I guess there's a reason why I take photos and I'm not a writer or a speaker but yeah they're just five absolutely fantastic guys who are like so talented and so caring about every little part of their music and their art like they're so in tune with it also at the same time just like so humble about their music and themselves as people. Like, I, I feel like, you know, if you've seen, if you've seen idols live or you've spoken to any of the guys, you just, I don't know, their honesty and their vulnerability is just so like magnetic. I don't know, I'm, I'm just honored that they trust me at all to like have my perspective of their world and to like, let me in. They care a lot about that aspect too. It's just having that trust with someone to come in and like capture those moments. <laughs>
0: Would you describe yourself as a Gonzo journalist, a sort of a Hunter S. Thompson just hanging out with the band? I'm asking because we watched your Instagram story highlights and we loved how the visual storytelling of this tour went far beyond the stage and their shows. You captured so many real-life moments, offering us a very intimate portrayal. We see the band members getting tattooed, doing some silly dance, and so on. How do you believe these moments and reach the narrative of a tour?
2: like again like with touring it's just you know I see those moments and I'm like oh this is like I don't know why this moment is special but it is like it, it I feel like I'm I'm there to capture the tour in the most authentic way possible you know that includes those little moments that you might not think are like that relevant but you know just a band like fucking around backstage like singing a song really badly or you know making a green smoothie because they're trying to stay healthy on tour I think all, all that stuff interesting to me and so I think that that'd be interesting to like the fans as well. What was the highlight of the tour for you?
0: We want to know if there is one shot, that one shot that has a a sweet spot in your heart.
2: There's two moments that definitely stuck out. One was seeing the band headline Stubbs. It's like an outdoor amphitheater in Austin. And Stubbs was like where I grew up going to shows. And if you play Stubbs, that means you've made it. You know, to see them not only play that stage sold out, but just, I mean, that was by far far one of the craziest crowds I'd ever seen at that venue. It was just very like heartwarming, you know, just like the the homecoming and seeing them like a band and like a group of guys I respect so much and love so much to like just kill it. And then, you know, another moment was definitely Halloween, which was really fun too. (laughs) And they played out at this venue called Pappy and Harriet's, which is out around Joshua Tree. And, you know, they went and bought their costumes and like Joe dressed like a hot dog and John dressed like Woody from Toy Story. And then the band Gustav, they all surprised Idols. Uh, Gustav was opening for Idols on tour, um, but they surprised the band and came to the show dressed up like Idols. (laughs) And so that was like, uh, that was just like a really fun experience. And that venue, it's like really small and it's out in the, desert and it was just like uh, it felt really special those two moments just off the top of my head really stuck out for me from your
0: enthusiasm we infer that you will be willing to go on tour with idols tomorrow (laughs) and do it all over again
2: Oh, absolutely. Any, anytime they, they want to have me, I'm, I'm there. Ultimately, when it comes down to it, we're all friends and we all hang out and you know, it's, we're all there doing our job and we all, we all just like support each other and like help each other out. And I, I will never get bored of seeing them live. So yeah, (laughs) I will absolutely
0: jump on tour with them tomorrow (laughs) if they wanted me. Big up to idols and Punigana. We (laughs) discussed extensively about your tour with band Raisa had some uh, questions uh, more generic ones on your practice uh, as a photographer
1: so if you have to pick one between portraits for magazine uh, and covers or live shows uh, what would you go for and what would be the reason
2: The reason it's hard to answer that question is just because it's so, even when it comes to live music or capturing a show, I'll, I'll always love shooting live music, but I also love putting the effort in to capture the different aspects of a show, you know? So like what's on and off stage, that's kind of like how my portrait work developed is because You know, I was going to shows and shooting live music and then also wanted to get like a portrait of the artist or whatever afterwards. If these lockdowns keep happening, I might have to keep just sticking to portrait work for a minute, I guess. (laughs) Well, we have be looking forward to see
1: that, uh, but hopefully, yeah, and we won't we need to go back to that. I also wanted to, to ask you, what keeps you inspired? Uh, what other subjects do you explore in your free times with your camera? On the Lomography website, we've seen some great shots of yours featuring American landscapes, signage, old cars, cats, architectural details, um, so what, what keeps you
2: inspired? just knowing that this is the only thing I want to do and that I'm never bored with photography and that there's always constantly something to learn. So I think what a big thing that does keep me inspired is just like that openness to keep learning things. So you know, even when I'm not shooting a show or I'm not on tour, like I try to always have my camera with me. And at the very beginning where I wasn't really shooting shows that much, like I would go and travel. And like, I feel like that's how I learned a lot about the ins and outs of like my cameras and how to take a photo is just through like travel photography. And that's something I still, you know, love doing just going out on a road trip for a day and just like trying to get some really nice photos from that. And then like coming home and then, you know, messing around with processing the film and experimenting with that and different processing techniques and then you know, different scanning techniques. There's just, you know, there's there's always something to learn. And so I try, like, you know, that, that helps me not stay stagnant in what I'm doing. Because I, I know, like, I'm definitely my own worst critic. And no matter, I feel like no matter what point you are at in your career, you're always going to have this drive to just, like, be better at what you're doing. Because... energy, this hunger, you're eager to learn. i still eager to learn. Yeah, and I think it's taking that hunger to keep learning. And in doing that, as you know, I I feel like there can be like a, maybe like a dangerous line with the whole imposter syndrome thing where some people, you know, have that and it's detrimental. Like it stops them from moving forward. It stops them from trying because they just think, well, I'm just like not good enough. But I think like appreciating where you are and how far you've come in your craft. And then also appreciating that there's still so much to learn. I guess long story short, using the whole like like, imposter syndrome mindset in like a positive way and just being like, well, no, this just means I still can keep learning keep getting better at what I'm doing. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm bad at what I'm doing, but
1: I think it's, it can bring excitement, right? To have something new, to yeah. have on your side. Yeah,
2: exactly. There's definitely photographers out there that have been doing the same exact thing for years, for like decades even, and just have not evolved at all and are just like happy with just being exactly where they're at. I don't know. I feel like that would just kind of suck life out of photography from me.
0: honey I'm not concerned about your um, imposter syndrome, but about the fact that you don't seem, you never seem to drop that camera, to put that camera down. Can you take a break from it? I try.
2: <laughs> it's hard to say no to work, especially when it's something that you really enjoy doing. But, you know, there's definitely been moments, especially in the last couple of years, the last, like, you know, when things started really picking up and, or I was just like, like, no, like, I really do need to just, like, stop for a second, because I think you start to appreciate that time as well. Like, your brain needs to stop for a second to kind of evaluate where, you, where you're where you at, and just to kind of, at the end of the day, just reset. <laughs>
1: but perhaps, it can be at the other side of the camera sometimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if anybody wants to see that, but, um, you know, <laughs> I...
1: am going to ask you uh, I... the latest uh, couple of things, because I know you need to go any school out alone. Word on the street. We ask you if uh, there is an up-and-coming artist that you love to collaborate with at the moment.
2: Surrounded by so much talent, it's hard to even know where to begin. But one of my dear, dear friends who You know, I love her so much. She's like a sister to me. Her name is uh, Jackie Lee Young. Uh, She's based out of Austin. And yeah, she's been doing photography for a long time as well. And, you know, just in the last couple of years, she's, I think, finally getting the attention she deserves and has started like touring a bit more and her, I don't know, her eye, just the way she just approaches like these small moments, like these small, like almost like in between moments when it comes to musicians and just like even just her general lifestyle photography is like so interesting and I don't know she's just such a great energy to be around we've like shot a bunch of festivals together I don't know just having her around is just so like contagiously inspiring you know we we like push each other to be better and yeah and her work is just Great, I think the next couple of years are gonna be like really amazing for her as she, as she keeps like, you know, building her career, especially in the music world. Yeah, if there was any one person, I would say Jackie Lee Young. You should definitely check her work out. For
0: all our loyal and new listeners, don't worry about checking this artist out right now. You can find them also on our Instagram page, at synesthesia underscore podcast. Go and follow us. Puni, we have the last two minutes, and we're gonna close with our column. Flavors. We want to know about other things you like, specifically, Give us your favorite Instagram page and a local spot slash venue in Austin.
2: You know, it's not really photography related, but it's music related. That page Catatonic Youths is probably one of my favorite Instagram pages. I'm sure y'all are familiar with it. If you need a good laugh and you're you're a big music fan, I would I would highly recommend that page. And what's the venue in Austin? My favorite venue on the planet is Mohawk. I basically grew up at that venue and uh, yeah, it's my favorite venue on the planet and they get the best acts that play there and the staff is great. And uh, yeah, if you ever make it out in Austin, definitely go there
0: can't wait to see
1: it in person. I really oh, want to visit I all love all city <laughs> But uh, thanks yeah. so much for everything, Poonie. I mean, you, you're an incredible photographer and uh, we are very grateful. For we are looking
0: forward to meeting you in person here at the Standard Hotel London. This is just uh, to remind our listeners that we are recording from their amazing studio. We are so happy to have a studio this year in their library lounge. We are surrounded by old books rare vinyls people having dinner no
1: one knows we're here don't worry (laughs)
0: and uh, it's just uh, great that sometimes radio which is uh, the standard hotels radio in london welcomed us as a part of the programming so thank you louis thank you nick once again for making this happen and
2: And thank thank you poony Oh, thank y'all for having me. I know, truly, Raiso, like, you're a fucking badass. And it was great working on that calendar with you. And we work with so many of the same artists, too. So I'm glad we finally crossed paths. You just listened to Synesthesia, the artists behind the artists, a show recorded from the standard London Library Lounge, produced by Sometimes Radio. Subscribe to our Spotify channel and follow us on Instagram, at synesthesia underscore podcast.